Welcome back. Welcome back to our podcast, Realtors for Life podcast, episode number ten. who knows. Is ten. it 10? Uh, it's actually 11, but on our podcast it shows Hello 10 to all our listeners in Belgium and I think the one with Martin or the one with Krista. The one with Martin or Krista is MIA, I can't find it. Oh. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> sorry, sorry Martin and Krista. We got a lot to talk about um about a lot. I'm such a Canadian. We got a lot to talk about. Yeah. The <laughs> Have you gone anywhere recently without people asking you what's going on in the market? No. Um this is not just a uh you know, people How's the market? Are, yeah. yeah, it's funny cuz sometimes sometimes when I'm you know, hanging out with my friends or my family and I and I just want to like turn my mind off it doesn't really happen right now because mm-hmm. everybody's i mean this is the hot topic this is and there's a reason i mean obviously uh, real estate is a huge part of canada's um economy right and we were just talking about this last podcast or well just the other day on the phone you and i were saying oh well, i know this is a big part of our economy and obviously there's a reason this is a hot topic and it always will be a hot topic but things are changing and uh we, we need to talk about it obviously i think i call you every other day for you to calm me down <laughs> like it's fine we're fine this is great i love this marcus i'm not always the most calming person <laughs> no i'm i'm actually okay with it um i've talked to a lot of realtors that have been in the business a long time and i've been in markets a lot slower than this myself and the the consensus from everybody is the same thing it came on quick it's a big adjustment it's going to be rocky road for a few months here at least till we climatize um and whatever that means i mean we don't know what's to come there could be there could be a big economic issue because there's a lot other factors going on besides these just these real estate interest rates going up Um, the reason they're even raising these interest rates is because the inflation is getting out of hand and if it continues to get out of hand and the interest rates are going up, it could cause other issues. But um, the consensus is around the same, and that's it's not a bad thing by any like it's just it might be a little too abrupt and it could be putting people into some hot water. But when I say it's not a bad thing, I mean it also couldn't keep going up. No, and we it, knew, it was unsustainable. We, we knew right. we knew that. Um, I mean, it may be more it may be more of a sharp halt that than we would have preferred or what people because right now it's putting in a lot of people in tough spots that have already purchased and now have to sell and they were assuming they're right and i think that that is a good point um in that if you're seeing some things out there sell for way less than you ever would have thought it would have sold i think a lot of those those sales are are people who were under the gun people who had bought a place already and they needed to sell their place within a short time frame um and you're seeing those people offload some of those properties because they have to really quickly in order to to mm-hmm. to keep um, on the legal side of, of their purchase contract. And I mean, you know, I, I only time will tell, um, but I don't think we're going to see, you know, like a 30% decline in our prices here, e- even though some of the houses out there have been kind of, mm-hmm. you know, being let go for something much less than we thought. Yeah, we dropped over 6% in average sale price from April till May. We'll probably see very similar numbers from May to June. Um, I won't be surprised by July from April till July if we're in a double-digit decline. We are still over 15% ahead of last year, so we're still up. But in relation to where we were earlier this year, it's it's starting to calm down and come down a little bit. So, um, yeah, the... We're not in a buyer's market yet, just for anyone out there who's listening, who, who understands the terms, you know, buyer's and seller's market. We, we're technically not even in a balanced market yet. Um, seller's market is when you have basically anything less months. than three months of inventory. Um, you want to explain to people that aren't in our industry every yeah. day, like what that even means? Yeah. Yeah. Months of inventory refers to... Um, let put it like this if you have no new listings hitting the market and you have everything that's just on market now how long would it take you to sell through that inventory of houses that are on the market right now 
And anything under three month time period is considered a seller's market. Basically from three to four ish is considered balanced and anything four months or plus is a buyer's, is market. A buyer's market. And we're still, I mean, 1.6, yeah, 1.6, which is still right in the middle, right smack in the middle of a yeah. seller's market. It's better than what it was. We were at 0.56, I believe at one point. And so that's, we're three times what we were at right so in relation to where we were at it feels like a crazy change but we're only halfway to what would be considered even balanced if you took this market we're currently in right now in june of 2022 and dropped it in 2016 we would look at this market like it's just absolutely bonkers with multiple offers and things like that um yeah, because that is still happening out there you yes. know we're just like you said it's a it's um it's a bit more abrupt um, what's happening than we thought it would be, you know, when, when markets shift a lot of the time, it takes a longer period of time. Someone put it to me once. Um, it's, it's kind of like a, like a pendulum, like, you know, how it swings towards a seller's market. And then when it starts to swing back the other way, it's a slow, it's a slowing down of the market. And then it's a slow acceleration. And then it, and then when you get closer to a balanced market, it gets quicker. Well, we, we always talk in that, we always use the term lag curve. You're right. Um, and I think it was ever since there was a conference we went to and they used that term lag curve and it stuck with me mm -hmm. and it's so true. So when something happens in the market, there's usually a delay before it gets to um, the new norm. And we saw this exact same market on the reverse effect in January, February of this year. Right. We had a lot of buyers that had just sold or bought a home or whatever and they were coming into the new year and all of a sudden a ton of buyers showed up to the market interest rates were low there wasn't any inventory and prices started going right through the roof and we had buyers panic buying right and you and, can't and you can't blame people for that because for the last you know 5 to 7 years here yep. people have watched the market pull away from them and you know and they've watched friends and family and people that they know get priced out of the market as the market continue to grow and grow and grow faster than someone could save for a down payment. And uh, so when people were ready to enter the market, it was a frenzy and it was quick because right. they, they knew that likely they were going to have to get in now or six months down the road, you know, their, their 20% down payment turns into a 10% down payment on something that's more expensive that right. they can't afford. Right. And, and honestly, most of those people are still doing just fine. The The pricing of what people would have bought in January and early February is still very similar to what things are selling for now. Um, there was an increase. I think it peaked somewhere into mid to upper March. Right. Um, but what happened was we had this cluster of buyers all show up with a low inventory and buyers panic bought. And a lot of buyers out there paid more than they probably should have at that time. Mm -hmm. um, some people panicked and paid over what you would consider market value right now. It's the reverse effect. There is a cluster of listings hitting the market because sellers are worried that these rising interest rates are going to cause their properties to sell. So anybody who was maybe planning on selling in June, July, or August are all saying, and just like the buyers who are planning on buying in March and April, they're all saying, no, 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 it's going up. I want to buy now. Right. Well, now they're all saying, no, no, I don't want to sell in August, July. I'm going to sell right now. And then offers are coming in and on the right. same effect you you mentioned the people that have already bought well they need to sell and they're worried if they wait any longer so they're panic selling so just like somebody was panic buying over people right. are panic selling under so we're seeing prices going much much lower but i also think that's a very short window where we're going to see those panics yeah we consider this a transition market right For we're sure. we're in this we're in this weird pocket of time that doesn't really lend itself to, you know, a seller or a buyer's market because it, it it's it's such a situational thing right now and we're going to have to wait and see how long that lasts, but you're right. This this perfect storm of rising interest rates coupled with an overabundance of listings hitting the market. People that wanted to sell the waiting right. out the uh, pandemic. Right. Um, buyers are fed up. Mm -hmm. buyers just don't want to see these prices go up so they're kind of protesting uh inflation some people with the rising interest rates on top of what everybody has to spend for just right basic goods and services it's unbelievable yeah the right? gas the gas is really hitting people hard obviously you know and that hits a family really hard when you think of a family that has two maybe even three vehicles mm -hmm. in the family and they're they're driving all the time i mean that's 
That's mm-hmm. like that's over a thousand dollars a month. My dad was like, yeah, I went to the hardware store to get gone co- up caulking for our house, and it was like eighteen bucks for a tube of caulking. Right. It's like what little little <laughs> things. Yeah. It it it's um. It's going to be interesting to see what happens, but there's obviously there's ways to navigate this and we have to, um, we have to just sort of touch on and talk about some of the things that we see from our perspective and, and give information the best that we can to, to people out there. If they're still, you know, if they have to move or if they're considering a move, it's, mm-hmm. this isn't, this isn't doomsday. No, you know, this isn't something that's going to put a huge halt on everything, um, all things real estate, right? Like we're, we're, we have to adjust. I want to break down this whole conversation today in, in topics because Mm -hmm. I want everybody to know we take these videos on the long form and we break them up into short form. And I want each topic, I want to almost slow this conversation down to separate parts of this, this whole, this whole thing going on because there's the aspect of, in the perspective of the buyer, there's the seller, there's the new time first time home buyer and then there's you know there's the people that have to sell and buy at the same time there's different different things happening here there's also the whole topic of how to navigate conditional offers now Mm -hmm. um, what that means there's a lot of people out there that don't even know what a conditional offer is and how to navigate that house to sell conditions um, where this market's headed there's a lot of different micro topics out of this so the one thing i'd like to start with is sellers so i want to talk a bit about where what sellers are to expect moving forward in the near future obviously we can't predict too far out um and also the sellers that are kind of stuck in this transition right now that have already purchased and kind of help navigate them so if anybody's listening who's a seller this is kind of going to be touching just on exactly that um so right now quickly there is a portion of sellers out there right now who bought in the last 30 days and thought they had 60 to 90 days to get their house ready and put it on market and they got caught in this transition where they bought something with the assumption that their house would sell for x amount of dollars but this quick quick change in an average drop of over six percent in the last month is putting people in kind of a awkward position right. where they may not be able to get the price that, that they thought they would um and it's all coming down to patience. And if you don't have patience, this is why we're seeing some people have to just bite the bullet and um, sell for a little bit less. And I mean, it's not its not sometimes as simple as patience because if people were really used to being able to just sell their home within four days or even a day if they yeah. accepted a preemptive offer, um, a lot of people did not give themselves the the closing period that they really needed on their purchase to facilitate a longer sell on their home, right? Because in the crazy seller's market that we were, you know, just in, um, it was pretty easy to think that you could sell your house within that first week, right? Because there were so many buyers out there and so few houses on the market that you could go out and make a purchase and pretty confidently as long as you, you your expectations were set properly going into the transaction, you could have that house of yours sold within a week. So you might have only given a closing period of a month, which was no problem, right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, and and now you know if you're caught with a house that you've purchased and you've only got that month. Well, you know, it's not just about being patient because you don't have the ability to right. be patient on the sale of your home. You you have to to honor that purchase contract that you have entered into on the right. buying side. You have to so make sure that your house is sold in that time period. So if there's anyone listening that's caught in that position right now, a few options you have are to reach out to somebody, well, um, whether it's a relative or a friend um, who may be able to temporarily co-sign on the financing for the new home. Um, with an open mortgage. So an open mortgage, no different than a mortgage, but slightly higher interest rate, um, but allows you to get out of that mortgage at any time. Without penalty. Without penalty. So basically having somebody co-sign for you to at least get that closing without putting you in any kind of legal trouble, get that closing finished. Um, And then once your house does sell, you can have them removed from title and pay out that mortgage um, and, and open and start a new closed fixed mortgage. Um, the other option would be asking for an extension. Mm-hmm. Um, 
not always easy. Sometimes some some sellers and agents are more open or buyers are open to that. Um, but if you ask for the extension, a lot of times you may have to offer some sort of compensation for them to carry the house for another month or so, whether it's covering their interest rates and their utility costs. Um, and it's not always possible on their side of things either, because yeah. if they've got a house that they've purchased and they need the funds from their house, I mean, there's it can get a little complicated if it's a chain transaction all the way down the line. And this is just if you need a little bit more time, so you don't have to just sell your house at a, at a discounted right. equity. Yeah. You don't want to, you don't want to have to lose money if you can help it. So if there's a way you can buy yourself some time through support from family, friends, or asking for some sort of extension from the other party, it is something that you can attempt to do to try and make it through this transitional period where things are a little chaotic. Um, the average days on market still less than a month. It's not what it was. You know, you can't expect your house to be sold like you'd said in that first week, but Typically in two to three weeks, we're still seeing most houses sell. Um, it's just taking a little bit more time. And the main thing is to try and keep a level head and not to panic. Um, but moving forward, I don't think buying first is no longer the option. It's, I agree. You got to sell first. Yeah. Um, buying is becoming, at least right now, buying is the easier option of the two. Um, there's a lot more houses out there than there were. Mm-hmm. It also depends on what you're looking for. If you're looking for something that doesn't come up often, it's not always the case, but with selling, you can't assume your house is going to get X amount anymore because in a transitional market, you can only rely on very, very limited data because if you go back two, three weeks, that's a whole different market than right. what you're in right now and you can't predict what next week's market's going to look like. Right. So when you're looking at this data, you almost want to drop what you believe your house to be worth by another 50 or so thousand to be extra safe. We mean last month we dropped over 40 something thousand average home just in the 30 days yeah i think people have been conditioned over this period to to you know be frightened that if they sell first they're not gonna they're absolutely not gonna have the time to find a house that that they're passionate about i've never in 10 Um, years knock on wood i've never in 10 years sold a house for somebody and not been able to find them something within the two to three months mm -hmm. you'd be very surprised and we're almost so very careful about it when I'm vetting what they're looking for to make sure what they're looking for comes up often enough that I feel confident in. But once they sold their house and they know exactly how much money's in their pocket and they're dictating the long closing mm-hmm. to give them enough time. Like imagine you sold a house right now with 90 day closing. Your 90 day closing takes you into mid-September. You have an entire summer to shop for a home with exact know exactly how much in your pocket what actually normally happens is people end up finding something within that first first 30 yeah because mentally something switches in your mind when you when you've got your house sold and you've got the amount of money you know you're going to be making and now all of a sudden instead of just browsing the listings you are hawk-eyed like you're on there and you're scrutinizing every listing and you're going out and you're booking you know 10 showings for for a day and you're you're seeing Mm-hmm. several homes that you might not have been even interested in looking at when you were just casually browsing online. Once your house is sold, it, it you take a, mm-hmm. a, a an extra step in your mind and it becomes, you become a lot more aggressive without even realizing it. And it, right. it, it, you, you find a house a lot quicker than you think you do. So in the grand scheme of things on the, on like the macro level, if you look at the historical chart of Windsor, Essex County, we hit a peak in March we're still right at the top of that peak. Right. We're just kind of coming down a bit here now, whether it continues to drop or not, um, we will wait to find out. But we're still relatively high. We're not at the, the peak peak, but we're up there. Um, so people say, well, you know, is it is it a good time to sell right now? Based on the information we're being given right now, I would say, yes, it's still a good time to sell because I think the inventory is only going to get a little bit worse. Like more inventory is going to mm-hmm. continue to hit the market. Interest rates right now are expected to continue to rise. So I think this problem with the prices dropping is only going to get worse before it gets better. So if you're thinking of selling, it's a very cliche thing for an agent to say, but now is actually not a bad time to sell. If you're relating it to two months ago, yeah, you missed maybe the peak peak, but in relation to the entire history of sale prices in Windsor-Essex County, you're second or third at the top. And if you wait a couple more months to sell then you may be down a little bit lower. Now, if you're not in any hurry and you have two or three years, you can ride it out and wait. But if you're thinking of selling in the next six months, 
based on what we're seeing right now, it's probably better to sell sooner than later to at least take advantage of market prices being still relatively and, high. And the mar- amount of inventory on the market. When it comes to buying. Be- because I yeah. think I think we are near probably the, the peak for the year of having this amount of inventory at one time on the market to, to shop. Because I don't I honestly don't think you're all of a sudden gonna see a massive more flood of houses yeah. coming in like August. Well, even if there's not, I just don't think there's gonna be that many aggressive buyers. Buyers right. are skeptical. Mm-hmm. Buyers have their freedom. Everybody's got their freedom back. We're coming out of a massive pandemic. This is the true real first summer everybody right. has where we're not masked up with mandates and all these things. So I think a lot of people are going to be going on vacations again. We can do travel the way yep. we used to. Um, we have a ton of mar- houses on market. I think we're going to get more. If interest rates continue to go up more, I think buying is going to only get easier. And right now, yes, if, you re- if you're relating it to two months ago, yes, yeah, selling seems like it's not a great idea. But if you look at it in the whole historical charts it's still one of the best times that you could be selling at and if it means you got to wait two or three weeks and not sell in one week right. who cares so let's talk about what we're gonna see in offers and in agreements now as we kind of transition into a new market um, from from both sides of perspective because um, like you said we're, we're not seeing we're, no one's used to seeing conditions in offers, really. No, Everyone's used to the market where you have to kind of try to satisfy those conditions ahead of time before you even make the offer. Yeah. Um, and what what's, what's it going to mean um, when we start to see these conditions? And we are starting to see these conditions return, which yeah. is, again, I want to I make it clear, this is actually a good thing. It's a very good conditions, thing. Conditions, we've talked about this in the podcast um, in the past, where conditions are are there really to protect everybody. Mm-hmm. It's not just to protect the buyers. It's to protect the sellers from getting put in a position where the buyer has to back out last minute. You want a qualified buyer. Right. You yeah. want a qualified buyer and you want, you know, as a seller, you want a qualified buyer. And as a buyer, you want to be able to have time to go to the bank and make sure that your financing is, is through. And you want the ability to get a full inspection done mm-hmm. on a home before you make that purchase if you want to. Right. So these aren't bad things. I'm on my 10th year in the business and of the 10 years, yes, the last three or four have been the most like off the walls, crazy, every direction. And it's getting the most like PR. But the first like four or five were my favorite. Mm -hmm. And that's more in the market we're kind of trending in right now. Um, I loved that market because you could do things properly. Right. Like anybody who bought a house five years or longer ago all know this market and it's a lot calmer. It's a lot safer. It's it, you can go and see eight houses in one day without feeling pressure to buy any of them. Right. The last five years has been like you go see one house at a time and you mm. feel like you got to write an offer on it that night and you got to come in over asking. Now we can finally negotiate again. Now we can put in conditions again and we'll get into what that means. Um, and you can do things a little bit slower pace and that slower pace is, is healthy. It's healthy for all parties. Mm -hmm. Um, the only ones that really are going to negative, once this all fixes and climatizes, the only ones that are really not going to love it, um, are the ones who are just selling for the sake of selling. So if you're an investor and you bought a house and you just want to sell it for profit, you might not make as much as what you would have two months ago. But if you're a first time home buyer or somebody who has never owned a home, well, the slower market is giving those people an opportunity again. Right. If you're somebody who's buying and selling, so you have a house to sell and you're buying, well, it's all relative. It doesn't matter if the market drops 50%, and it doesn't matter if the market goes up 50% because you're riding that wave together with whatever you're buying. As long as you're buying and selling in the same market, it's really only the ones that are selling with, then that's it. Right. They might be taking a small loss. And when I say loss, it's a loss compared to, what they may have made two months ago, but I can almost guarantee most people selling are still making a profit. Absolutely. Right. Right. Like the yeah. ones it's really going to affect are the people that bought two months ago and, and have to sell. And, and, have to and that's sell. a very small market. Exactly. I, I really hope that's not the case. Right. If anybody out there listening bought a house in the last two or three months and for some reason lost their job or has to sell, do your best to rent it. 
and go yeah, live yeah. in an apartment yeah. or something and hang, hang on to it until the market fixes itself. Don't, don't sell it. You're going to lose 50, 60 grand like that and right. put yourself in a bad spot. Right. It's not necessary. Renting is always an option. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, why don't you get into the condition of things? So when I got in the first five years of my yep. business, um, non conditions weren't a thing, right? Like this is a market I'm very familiar with. There was only 700 agents on the board and those 700 agents know this market, but the 700 newer agents, we're at 1500 now. There's a lot of agents out there that don't even know this market at all. And they don't even know how to navigate it. And it's, it'll be interesting how this all plays out. But anyways, um, I'm looking forward to it. I think this is a good thing. And why don't you kind of explain, um, what what offers will look like hopefully moving into the yeah it's like you know offers are the paperwork is a you know something that when if you've never gone through an offer before as a buyer or or um you know gone through an offer presentation as a seller um the the last page of the agreement is the schedule page and it has where you would have any clauses or conditions in this seller's market we've been seeing those pretty bare People are waiving their right to have an inspection. Um, people are waiving, you know, their condition of of financing, which is giving you time to go to the bank with your accepted offer to make sure that your financing can come through. And if you're doing your due diligence ahead of the offer, you can still have protected yourself by getting an inspection pre-offer, by, you know, working with your mortgage professional and getting your financing almost a hundred percent before you make that offer. Um, but it still resulted in deals that fell apart and people who couldn't get their financing. There was still some risk. Right. And a lot of people who, you know, didn't feel like they had the time or had the money to make an inspection on every single offer that they put in. Imagine losing out on, on 10 offers and having to do, you know, a a pre-inspection on each one of those houses. You know, you're. You mean the market everyone thought we really enjoyed? Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, and 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 we and honestly, I I really I can speak from from personal experience. It it wasn't enjoyable to have to go through all of that. And um, conditions are there to protect everybody, like I said. And I think we're mainly going to see the return of of that financing condition and that inspection condition, which is great because it's going to result in more qualified buyers and less deals falling apart mm-hmm. we're also there's a condition no one's even like many people haven't even heard of right it's not ever even been an option in the last five years we're also starting to see the return of of a, of a house to sell condition and you and i have both spoken to agents um in the last few days here that have accepted offers with house to sell conditions and what that is is that means if you put a, a an offer in with a house to sell condition and they accept it you now have time to go and sell your house because that that agreement is conditional on you being able to go and sell your house for a price that you need it's like the seller is putting confidence in the fact that you'll be able to sell your house right. quicker and more effectively than they're obviously able to sell there so it's allowing what it's doing is it's allowing you to make a purchase first not sell first but to make a purchase first without the risk of you not being able to sell your home now what usually comes along with a house to sell condition is an escape clause Um, the sellers usually want that in there and it's usually 48 to 72 hours um, and that allows them to continue to market that home even though you have an accepted offer on it it allows you to continue marketing that home. And if somebody else comes along with a better offer, they'll basically have 48 to 72 hours of notice to give you to remove that condition of your house to sell or else that offer agreement falls apart and they can accept that other offer. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's going to come back as a steamroller, that yeah. condition yet, but it is interesting. It's a helpful tool. It, it is a helpful tool. And I think that when you get more into a buyer's market, you'll see that a lot more. And it creates much more of a sort of chain um, down the line. Like somebody may have a house to sell condition uh, in their offer on, on that person's house. And then that person may go out and make an offer on another house mm-hmm. based on their their house selling with a house to sell condition. And you may see that all the way down the line, right? Yes, it may result if one of those falls apart, then that whole chain might fall apart and all those deals might fall apart. 
it might take a little longer to sell these and houses. These are just the new struggles that come. Right. Instead of competing against 10 offers, there's other things that can happen. There's always going to be stressors yeah. in in real estate. Yeah. And there's never one perfect utopian market that is going to make you the happiest. Even as a buyer in a buyer's market, that's that's something you're going to run into. You may run into the fact that you know, you, you might not be able to sell your house in time or that person may not. I right? find I find balance markets to be more in favor of the buyer. I find the only one where the sellers are really in control are those sellers markets. Right. Um, and I think this is I think all of this is positive. I think there's no I don't there, disagree with you. I think it. Yeah, it's it, great. There, there's a lot of people in social media that are met they're they're hating on the market that we were in and they want to see like a doomsday market collapse. But no matter what market we're in, there's an advantage for somebody. So if the market goes down, yes, it goes into the benefit of the buyers, but what's going to happen is the buyers aren't going to show up. And that's kind of already what we're seeing right now. And we, I was trying to find the podcast, I think back in October that I said, there's going to be a time where this all comes down. And when it comes down, the buyers who have been waiting for it to come down are going to be nowhere to be found. And I almost wanted to make a meme the other day and it was like, buyers early 2020 can't wait for the market to crash, and then buyers late 2020, and then I was just gonna put a cricket because <laughs> nobody nobody acts on the market. Like right now is actually a window of opportunity for buyers again, and buyers are so skeptical now and yeah. they're so nervous, and rightfully so. You know but, that's human. That's human nature. And I then think, they're all gonna right? show up and compete again. That's human nature. I think I think everybody would be extremely rich if everybody was just ready to act yeah. when um, when a market when any market mm -hmm. dropped right like like when i was in school um for business i remember a fi um a finance class that i had um and it, and it was analyzing mm -hmm. the 2008 2009 re recession not housing but just the stock market in general and I, I remember one thing specifically. I remember it, they looked at the stock of, of Lululemon. Lululemon had like like completely tanked out to almost nothing. And if people would have just jumped in and bought even a modest amount of shares in that company at that time, now you would be a multi-multi-multi-multi-millionaire. Mm -hmm. But people didn't do that. Most people didn't do that. Because when that happens... And it's just like the housing market when the when the market drops it's a very small group of people who have the the mindset and the risk taking um fortitude to to say this is the time this is when i should be investing in this because you know i predict or i know from the stats that i'm looking at that this is going to go yeah, back histor up. historical data states that right even if you don't get it right on the head, just like we're talking about the sellers who didn't hit that exact peak. Yeah. Well, if you're a buyer and you don't exactly hit the peak right. and it goes down a little bit further, yeah. as long as you hold out, you'll still look at it as a positive. Yeah. Still yeah. Because I think market. the majority, you know, if you're a first time home buyer, the majority of you, your plan is to, is to buy that home and, 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 and not flip it and not, you know, try to treat it as an, mm -hmm. as an investment. You're mm -hmm. buying it to, to, to get into a home with you or your or you and your family and live in it for a while mm -hmm. and then ride that real estate equity wave mm -hmm. and maybe you know move move up the ladder um, through time and, and if you like you said if you look historically at values in real estate they they, they trend upward mm -hmm. basically over the last 80 years that's been the case and if you're moving into a home as a first time home buyer to live in it and to enjoy it and to put a roof over your family's head and th then then even if you buy tomorrow and the market drops over the next year it will rebound and it will go back up people are scared though to buy something mm -hmm. and then see that it's dropped even more yeah. 6 months later and feel like they lost right right so instead they hold out and they wait until they think it hits rock bottom. But then a lot of the time what happens is, yeah, all of a sudden, it almost like overnight, like what we saw in January and February, a switch flips mm -hmm. and the market goes boom. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden you've missed that boat. And, and all, now you're all the buyers show up at the same right. time again. Yeah. So 
this is always said over and over again, but if you try to time the market, mm -hmm. you will almost always lose. Yeah. Patience, patience right. is going to pay off for sure. So, so I think, you know, if, if we're talking in terms of what, like you said, whether it's a smart time to sell or even a smart time to buy right now, I think if you're a buyer that's been out there for a little bit of time and you're, you're starting to see this as a bit of relief, this is the time to buy. Mm -hmm. Even if it goes down a little bit more, it's still a great time to buy because you have less competition. Mm -hmm. You have sellers that are willing to let properties go for a little less than what they expected to get two months ago. Right. And, uh, and I think you'll end up in a home that you're happy with because you've got more choice. What um, now going back to that leg curve, it'll be interesting to see if we're in a leg curve right now and it just needs some time to stabilize. So with these rising interest rates, if your approval amount before was 600, mm. is it now 550 and are the 650 is now six? And is everybody just got to find their new their new place in the market? Right. And once we have, you know, three or four weeks of historical data of what houses are now selling for and we know what the new average is. Right does that then put us into the new market and it's just business as usual and we move on and everybody just climatizes? That, that, that's impossible to say. Right. So whether we're in that leg curve right now of just kind of like climatizing to a new market and then July will be a lot better. Um, we'll wait and see. But there, there is a lot happening in the world right now that historically we can't piece it all together where there's, there's so many different variables. Um, it'll be interesting to see if this is a little blip mm. or if this is like a big dip. I don't. Yeah. yeah. And I think it's important to remember that there are things like this happening all over the world. You know, this isn't a, a strictly Canadian problem. Like we're, you know, we're coming out of a pandemic and nobody knows how to navigate that in, in the current climate. Like, yes, pandemics have happened before in the past, but they haven't happened the way that this one happened, mm -hmm. you know, on, on a global level. And then you have, you know, a war going on on the other side of the world. And you've got all these different factors that are factoring in. And now and that's pushing inflation up. And because there's now supply problems and, and you know, fuel shortages and mm -hmm. things because of sanctions. And there's just so many things happening right now. And there isn't a, a rule book or a mm -hmm. game plan that we all have laid out. So this is happening all over the world and we don't have a crystal ball to tell everybody, well, this is exactly what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. Right. I know a lot of people who bought in 2008 and 2009 and do you know what happened to them? Nothing. They're fine. Right. They're fine. <laughs> right. They're fine. Yeah. I mean, I think the most important thing is to analyze your yeah. circumstance and, and really figure out what your affordability is because affordability is going to change a little bit with the interest rates going up. Like you just said, people are going to be approved at a lower and amount anybody out there that's getting rate. close to their approval deadline be very careful and don't assume you're still approved for that because these rate or these interest rate hikes um, may be knocking you down 40 or fifty thousand dollars and if you right. if you pass that deadline and you're not aware of it and you go and purchase something that's right make so sure be you're careful make go sure your pre-approvals are, are, are up to date they usually make them good for three or four months um, but yeah, I think, you know, the stress test, what was the benchmark rate? 5.25% was what people were getting approved at um, anyways, but mm -hmm. we're, we're going to be above that now mm -hmm. for most, um, yeah. you know, fixed five-year mortgages. We're going to see, yeah. um, we're seeing somewhere around the 4.5 to maybe 4.75. It's up there. Um, I don't know where fixed. it's at exactly. It's right somewhere now, in that mid fours range. Yeah. And the stress test is, is that posted rate plus two percent right so you're gonna start getting approved approved at six and a half ish percent um, which is going to bring your affordability down um but as the prices sort of start to soften and come down it should, it it should hopefully balance be itself it should be relative right and hopefully it'd be relative right um for now now the list prices are going to be a little awkward Mm. The egos of buyers and sellers is going to be a little awkward these next few weeks, at least. Um, and this podcast is recorded in June of 2022. But from now till July-ish, even throughout the summer, we're going to be dealing with the egos of the sellers. And the egos of the sellers, meaning there's going to be sellers that want what their neighbors got in the spring. Right. And they're not going to want 
to give up that power of the higher prices. But then there's going to be the egos of the buyers who know that there's more options now and they're not stuck fighting just for one house. They're not competing. So they're going to want to see those prices come down. So there's going to be some butting of heads and adjusting. Sellers' mindsets are going to have to change and, and adjust to the fact that their prices may not be what they were. And buyers may not be able to get as low as they think because they're you don't want sellers to get too cocky and you don't want buyers to get too cocky either. So there's going to be this awkward butting of the heads for a little while. Um, list prices are going to be all over the map. If you thought they were crazy for the last three or four years with all these underpricing strategies, yeah. wait for the next few months because you're going to have people going back to the old school way of listing mm -hmm. up around what you want or even higher to leave room to negotiate down. Right. There's going to still be a lot of agents using the underpriced strategies. There's going to be agents using the underpriced strategies that doesn't work. Then they're going to take it off market. They're going to relist at the higher <laughs> price and we're seeing it all over the place. So be ready to see prices all over the map. Ask your agents. Yeah. Th this because, is why it's really important to be working with, yeah. uh, with an agent that right. you trust and someone who does their job and is yeah. diligent about. And some houses are still going to get 10 offers. They will. In Just some, a lot are going to get zero. And we've talked about this in the last couple of weeks, um, but but this is the kind of a market now where having a good product, like being a seller who has a really good product in your home um, is important. Because like, if you think about how quickly the market moved and how... how um, just absolutely frenzied it was a lot of people out there as buyers overlooked things like old windows and old furnaces and ACs mm -hmm. and a roof that needed to be replaced and potential, you know, water issues in basements and things because they just wanted to get a home mm -hmm. before the market ran away from them like a freight train. But now we're heading into a market where you can be a little bit more discerning as a buyer. And so when you go to a house and you see that, the windows haven't been replaced in 40 years and you know, you're going to have to take that on. That could be, mm -hmm. you know, a $40,000 job. That's a huge thing. What if the roof needs to be replaced another 10 to $15,000? What if the furnace and the AC are 40 years old? Those things are going to matter. These are things that were being overlooked before because right. people just wanted a house. And now that people have options again, um, they don't have to settle for things that were flaws before. Right now, now people are going to start coming in with fine tooth combs. They're going to say, hey, you've been on market for a few weeks now. Oh, you got an old furnace. Oh, you got an old AC. Oh, you haven't replaced your roof, huh? Like, yep. yeah, you don't got no offers. And then they're going to start negotiating yes. those prices out. And negotiating is healthy. This is healthy. This is how yep. real trade and real estate should be. Um, and it's we've been spoiled. Sellers have been spoiled. It's been, it's been easier to sell houses in the last right. three years. And... That's a very small little blip in time. And in the grand scheme of things, we're going to go back to what would be more normal. And it, whether that, whether that's now or just, we're just getting a little taste of it now and it's still going to be a few years, yeah. I don't know. Because Windsor does have, if we're talking just in our local area, Windsor's got so much coming. Right. I have a feeling this is going to be a little blip I in agree. time. I agree with that. I mean, there's only time will tell, but I think you're right. I think we're going we're gonna to still see more modest growth over the next five years to 10 years here. Um, I was just going to say, one of the things you may see come back to um, from a conditions perspective is you may see um, inspection with uh, allowing the seller to remedy uh, problems that you find in the inspection. Mm, like, like through amendments R saying, Hey, we right. found this. I want this light fix. I want light. Exactly. Bulbs here. I want, or yeah, like, oh, there, you know, we found vermiculite in the, in the attic or we found this, like, yeah. right? Stuff like Ooh, that. I miss it. Yeah. I yeah. Miss and it. Or, or, or even maybe not, you know, conditional on seller to remedy, but also just doing your inspection and finding things and going back to the, to the buyer or the sellers and saying, Hey, you know what? Like we need a, a $10,000 price reduction because we found this and this and this. Or you fix it. <laughs> uh, or, or you fi fix it. And, yeah. and you know, you may end up with, with uh, the ability to do that. And it only, again, only time will tell, but I think uh, negotiation is a big part of this business that's been missing mm -hmm. over the last five years. Because... And I hate to be the bearer of bad news for everybody out there that's been waiting for any kind of drop. And right now this is a very modest drop. We're at 6%. It's probably going to double. We're going to probably see over 10% right. drop. And who knows? Maybe it goes to 20, 30. Maybe this ends up becoming a historical recession. I don't know. But 
I hate to break it to anybody this in the macro of things in the in the long term we're going to look back at this time and be like should have bought damn that was cheap <laughs> damn that was cheap should have bought damn even even looking back 2 months ago yeah. to how crazy it was we're going to look back and say damn that was cheap yeah um the market it's not going to stop for anybody even if we go into a global recession even if we go into a real estate recession a local recession even 2008 when we in 2009 when we hit that historic recession yeah. two years we're back and growing we're back and growing so if we it's we're talking about something that might happen we're, we're talking about something that may scare people but i can guarantee any of us read, looking back at this 10 years from now and be like wow like the, how minor of a thing that was in the grand scheme of things well from a from a macro economic per perspective it really it, it's going to come it's a population problem mm. it's a population slash supply mm. issue our population will continue to grow mm -hmm. and like we've always said land land is a finite thing it, it you know you can't create any more of it there, you know, there's not, there's not going to be more, yeah. you know, developers will continue to develop little pockets of, of land, but probably slower yeah. consistently than we're bringing in, you know, new immigrants into the country and, and more people are going to be wanting to own a piece of property. Well, they're, they're but saying a lot the of growth these, is going to be there. jobs that they're going to need for a lot of these projects coming to Windsor, coming in from Europe and places that aren't local. So you have your immigration, you're coming in, you have a bridge that's going to be opened up, bringing more people through. You right. have Amazon, you have billion dollar factories for uh, batteries. Then you have feeder plants already for casings for those batteries. Then you have a hospital that people need to build. And then you have roads that people need to put in. Then yep. you need the housing for these people, which supplies jobs. And then you got... Uh, the electric vehicle contracts that are going to come in with Stellantis and right. all of a sudden this starts snowballing and all these buyers are coming into the market and we we sit here in this little pocket of time saying oh the market's going to crash maybe so but I'm telling you if these jobs continue to keep coming in this way it's going to be a sliver of time and we're back to a booming market yeah. so if everyone's like oh it's going to come crashing down I don't know who thinks this is going to be this like downfall for 10 years of like opportunity right. for people. And, and honestly, the ones that are complaining the most probably in the end, aren't going to do anything about well, it. Well, they, they've been complaining for 10 years, even when well, the market was, yeah. even then when they could have gotten a house for $160,000, they were still complaining. That was too much because 10 years previous, it right. was 80. And even if prices come down, they're still paying pretty yeah. similar prices because interest rates are up. Right. So yeah, I've had I've had this conversation with with a, a few clients too, and and uh, you know I, I always bring up you know look at the outlook for Windsor Essex and and what's coming here, and um, a lot of the time the response that I get is yeah, but how how well paying are a lot of those jobs? Like how much is Amazon really going to be paying? How much blah 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 blah? Right? How much are those sixteen hundred engineers? Gonna well, pay? right, exactly. So so. A half of those jobs are going to be really well-paying jobs because they're going to be engineers and and mm -hmm. and uh, you know even workers at um, Chrysler and with Stellantis and stuff are going to be making pretty good money, but even the jobs that maybe aren't paying as well but are bringing people to the area because they're jobs, that's going it's a domino effect. Those people are going to need a place to live. Maybe they aren't going to be able to come here and afford to purchase a home, but they're going to be coming here and they're going to be able to afford to rent something somewhere. And that uh, in turn takes up a spot where somebody needs to live. And that person who used to live there maybe is now going and, and trying to purchase a home, right? So just because people are moving here and maybe not all of them are able to purchase, that doesn't mean it's not gonna push our market up anyways because even if they're renting, that's going to displace people who are renting who are now going to be purchasing. So it's just kind of a domino effect that you have to remember. It's not just about everybody coming here and buying a home. Because people are right. All these people coming for jobs here in this area or getting jobs in this area aren't going to be able to afford to purchase yeah. a home. But that does not mean they don't need a place to live. right? And that's just going to cause more investment more investors are going to turn their eyes to Windsor and buy properties and fix them up and put them up for rent. And that's going to push the market mm -hmm. up again.
uh, I just looked up something pretty interesting here. So, <laughs> and I, uh, I think you're right in whether it's long-term or short-term and most of the jobs I actually think are going to be long-term jobs. Um, yeah. the only short-term ones are maybe the construction of, um, but anyways, I'm looking at here at a mortgage calculator. And if you had a house two months ago, that was worth 800,000 and you purchased that home at a 2% interest rate. Okay. Um, that 2% interest rate at 800,000 was a 37.38 per month mortgage right. payment, okay? If it came down to 650, so if the market dropped 150,000 on that house, yep. and interest rates now are at 4.5, it's 38.95. <laughs> so you're you're still paying more monthly with 150,000 market drop. Right. So yeah, interest rates interest rates are, are i mean sorry yes prices are coming down but that doesn't mean it's going to be any more affordable for everybody because Absolutely. the only way they fix that was by raising your interest rate which actually is raising your monthly payments so now you're getting the same houses and paying more for it and it's deceiving because you feel like you're winning because the market prices have come down but in reality if you don't have a good interest rate and you're locked in and, and by no means 4.5 is not bad i mean in the grand scheme of things it's it's more normal right um but at 4.5 compared to what we had that's why prices were going up so high because interest rates were so damn cheap um so it, that's very interesting One hundred and fifty thousand dollar deduction is actually still yeah if, you, you if you've got some time um out there go to our website yeah. which is uh joe conlin.com Conlin. or your realtors for life.ca yeah um and and check out our our tool that we've got a, a section that's uh, I think it's called, is it just called, oh, it's called financing yeah. on our website and go to our mortgage calculator. It's a really, really smart mortgage calculator. It gives you a huge graph of, of, of your payments over the course of the mortgage and it allows you to put in all the information um, like your interest rate, your property taxes and all that. And it gives you a really smart readout. Um, but it, but play around with it and see what the difference is between what interest rates were and what interest rates, rates are mm -hmm. now. Um, it is really interesting to see how, just how much those interest rate hikes are truly affecting the price of things out there because you're right. I mean, people are getting approved at less affordability. Therefore, mm -hmm. they can't go out and pay $800,000 for a house anymore. They can afford to pay six fifty. At that raised interest rate, they're still paying the same amount of money per month. We're fixing inflation with inflation. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's just a, it's a weird, but it's just a perspective thing. And you're actually just paying a lot more money in interest. Yeah. Uh, than than the principal amount of of yeah. of your loan now. So so now it's uh, sellers sellers are selling their houses for less money. So now people are getting less for the sales of their home. Buyers are still paying the same amount monthly or right. more. Um, so it's I think it's a false illusion of fixing a problem. It, it's it's just slowing down the competitiveness of the market, which is slowing down the growth of the average sale price which hopefully will help with the inflation problem. So I understand why they're doing it. Yeah. Um, but if you think this is saving you any money by any means, I, it's not really in the, in the monthly uh, bills. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, we'll be doing this again in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, and it, I think it'll be good so. to talk about it in a couple of weeks because things are I'm changing. Interested. Things are changing yeah. so fast that it, that it's going to be an interesting next. I think it'll be an interesting rest of our year. This is new for us every week. Yeah, yeah. it is. It is. And it's, uh, it's important to, to talk about it. And, you know, we're lucky here with a team. We have, we have people to bounce ideas off of and, and, uh, get perspective from, you know, all six of us. And it's, it's, it's a good environment to be in, but yeah. See you next time. Thank you.